Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Well, everyone, welcome back to a very exciting episode of the Storybox podcast. Today, my friends, I'm delighted to welcome Anne Nielsen to the Storybox. Now, if you guys have seen those Ethereal Angels series uh, online, you, they're not hard to find at all, then this is the brilliant creator behind them. Can't believe I'm actually <laughs> getting to speak to her. The Anne Nielsen uh, is well known for her Ethereal Angel series paintings, which are inspiring Reflections of a faith and recognized for their stunning use of color as well. They've been, they're all, if you're in the Christian community, <laughs> pretty much everyone knows them. In response to demand for more access to her acclaimed angels, Nielsen published two coffee table books and launched Anne Nielsen Home. So if you go to a Kurong bookshop here in Australia, yep. I think it's even in America too, in any Christian bookshop, bookshop you'll be able to find them. They're, they're everywhere, <laughs> especially, especially online. And the other amazing thing is that Anne has decided to create her own memoir called The Brushstrokes of Life, Discovering How God Brings Beauty and Purpose to Your Story, which I absolutely love and agree with wholeheartedly. And <laughs> can I welcome you so much to the Storybox podcast today? Oh, Jay, thank you. It's such an honor to be here today. Wow. And Today, my day. Um. <laughs> it's always funny, right? When I'm speaking to Americans, it's it's kind of like weird because you're a day behind and I'm a day ahead. So we're trying to work out the time differences. Trying to process all that. No, but what an honor and what a privilege. And I'm just so excited to share the story and share, you know, the journey. So thank you. you. I really am. And and your thank work you. inspired thousands if not millions of people around the world especially in the christian community and even yes. in the christian community yes. too uh, i guess my my first question that i want to ask you is it's not easy launching a book into the world you've done 
two coffee table books, but it's a little bit different when you're doing a memoir. It's a personal yeah. story, very close to home. How are you feeling about everything? Um, yeah, it's a good question because this really was, um, you know, just pouring out my life into words. There, there are some pictures in here, but it's mainly words and, um, and my story. And I feel like I love that quote. Um, there's a book called um, Rembrandt is in the Wind. Mm. And, you know, there was a quote, and it's by Russ Ramsey. And the quote is, it is hard to render an honest self-portrait if we want to conceal what is unattractive and hide what is broken. We want to appear beautiful, but when we do this, we hide what needs redemption, what we trust Christ to redeem, and everything redeemed by Christ becomes beautiful. I love that quote. It's chapter one. And, um, you know, every the reason why I wrote this book, I, I, I am known for my ethereal angel paintings. I started my, I painted my first angel 20 years ago and published, self-published my coffee table book 10 years ago. And, you know, it just, it it blossomed and bloomed into this beautiful business and um, the divine appointments that, you know, I never met Oprah Winfrey, but Oprah did call me one night on a Tuesday night at 820. I got a personal phone call from Oprah herself. And there are all these incredible stories um, over the past 10 years. And so people see the highlight reel and they don't, you know, they thought, oh, your life is so glitz and glamorous. And I'm like, oh, no, you really need to see the true, the broken, the, you know, the parts that have been redeemed. And um, and so that's that's what the brushstrokes of life is all about is, you know, taking a little girl who had a desire and a dream to be an artist when she was little. Um, fast forward, 10th grade, I made a D minus in 10th grade art, true story. <laughs> and um, how God just equipped and redeemed and, you know, um, did immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine on this journey. So it's exciting. What did I say to you? Well, I had painted a painting for her and it sat in my studio for about a year and a half. And finally, there is a long story, but um, finally, I decided this painting is for Oprah and I, and I need to send it to her. And it was right around when she was she found out that she had another half sister, Patricia. And I wrote a little handwritten note saying, I've always thought that you um, needed an angel because I loved her heart. I loved the way she gave back. I loved her angel ministry that when she would go and everybody got gifts or, you know, when she gave things away on her show, you get a car, you get a car, or, you know, whatever. I loved her heart. And I wrote a handwritten note saying, I thought you would always need an angel, but I believe this is for your new film. Uh, Sister Patricia, do with it what you will. That was packed up and shipped off did not think that I would hear from her, but about a week or two later, I did get that personal phone call. And it was, you know, it was not a blocked number. It was a 312 area code. I answered the phone. And I remember my kids, my family were doing dishes. And I picked up the phone and I said, hello. And she said, is Ann Nielsen there? I said, this is Ann. She said, well, this is Oprah Winfrey. And I'm like, oh, hey, Oprah. I said, I just want to go have coffee with you. I've not had coffee with her yet. One day I will. 
But um, anyway, my daughter, my teenage daughter said, you sound so lame, mom. And I'm like, but I'm talking to Oprah Winfrey. And, you know, it was, I probably, you know, it was probably a few minute, five minute phone conversation. It seemed like an hour, mm-hmm. but um, it really was, it, it ministered to my heart because she personally picked up that phone and personally called me to thank me for something. And um, that was a, that was a really neat divine appointment. Um, and it's written in my book, Angels in Our Myths. But anyway, it was, it was pretty cool. Kind of a, an awe-inspiring moment. Yeah, I mean, very awe-inspiring. Uh, Oprah Winfrey's sphere, it's kind of like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. you know. But I want to make it very crystal clear. I have not met, people think I've met her before and we're best friends. And now I am best friends with Kathy Lee Gifford. That's a whole nother story. But yeah, I got that personal phone call from Oprah and it really was surreal. It was It was a neat moment. I do want to get into the story behind how you ended up meeting Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, I think that would be later in the conversation, but I wanted to yeah. ask you about angels. I mean, what are yeah. their significance for you in the first place? Well, 20 years ago when I painted my first angel, I I'm, I was I was newly, you know, painting in oils, newly, you know, a painter um, an artist. I had a hand painted dinnerware line years before, but then met my husband. We had four children very quickly. And I was really, you know, that was my life of being a mom and raising babies. And, um, we built a house, uh, here in Charlotte and I got to build a little studio off the kitchen where I could go when they were off at school and mix my colors and oil paints and, and create. And so I wanted something that reflected my faith. And I experimented with different colors and textures and crosses. And I came um, this ethereal, bright colored, abstract angel kind of emerged onto the blank canvas one day. And I sent a picture to my sister. And I said, what do you think of this? And she said, wow, I think you found your voice. And so from that day, and let me back up and, you know, I paint to praise music. And so that time of, you know, putting the praise music on and really truly worshiping, it was my time of worship and just allowing the Holy Spirit to move out of my, the depths of my soul and onto that blank canvas. That's my time of creating. And um, so not that I'm an angel, but I do paint the angel and they just took off. I mean, they literally started flying off my easels. Um, people resonated with them. And, um, and, you know, 20 years later, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of angels I have painted. Um, but they really have resonated with the collectors. Um, and I, I like to say, there are no two fingerprints alike. There are no two snowflakes alike. I'd like to think there are no two angel wings alike. And um, early on in this pr- painting process, or not early on, it was probably about five or six years ago, um, I was preparing for a show and I was like, Lord, I do not want to just crank these angels out of my studio. I want them to have depth and a meaning. So you just, you be my guide, you be, you know, you tell me when it's time to paint and when it's time to quit painting angels. And so literally we go to the show, I'm 
talking to a friend or not a friend of a girl that was at the show. Her father had just passed away. I signed a book, Angels in Our Midst to her, gave it to her, gave her a big hug. She leaves. She does a beeline, comes back sobbing and saying, I've never had art speak to me the way that that angel at the front door spoke to me. And so that was just another little whisper in my spirit. I have called you to do this. I mean, it's a different type of ministry, but just praying that these ethereal beings speak to, to our, our collectors, our customers, and they have, they are. And then, you know, until he tells me, no, stop, they will continue to speak to the hearts of many. When has an angel or angels for you in your life shown up in a miraculous way? Oh, gosh. And that's a good question because I just um, wrote a book last year called Entertaining Angels. And um, one that just pops into my head right now, um, there's so many stories out there. And I think that if, you know, everybody, we could, we wouldn't have enough books to, you know, to write about these experiences. Uh, When I was, I think, two years old, um, I was staying at my grandparents in Georgia. And they had a two and a half uh, story brick home. And so my cousin and I were supposed to be taking a nap. And um, the house had just been painted. So the screens were not locked into place. Mm -hmm. So we were on the, it was like that two and a half. So we were in like a little attic-y space where there were two twin beds. I couldn't see it like it was yesterday. And I climbed up on the windowsill. They had a little um, platform where you would climb up. And this little two and a half year old baby girl, me, went tumbling out onto the brick pavement and um, came unscathed, no broken, broken bones. I had a concussion, um, but I was two inches away from the brick corner column. And I like to say that an angel just kind of carried me softly and softened the blow. Um, that's one that, you know, pops in. But there's there's so many. Um, I have a friend, she's with Jesus now, but um, she was involved with a prayer group. Everybody asked me, do I see angels? I don't think I've ever physically seen an angel, but I do believe that there are angels. We, and I also tell people we don't worship the angels. We worship the God who created the angels for a specific purpose on this earth. Yeah. Um, so I want to make that really clear. I don't see them. I don't hear them. I only hear the voice of the Lord. And, you know, we, we really worship God, Jesus, not the angels. But um, anyway, my friend was at this prayer group and this one person could physically see angels. And my friend would keep coming away and begging God that she wanted to see an angel. And she was driving to the um, to the prayer group one day and she said, Lord, if I'm not going to be able to see an angel, then I want my angel equipped with a full armor of God and give it the sword of the spirit. And, you know, and I want a protecting angel protecting me while well, she gets there. And the friend that could see angels just burst out laughing and said, Jane, oh my gosh, your angel has the biggest sword ever. I've never seen this angel carry a sword as big as it is. And Jane just was like stunned because she didn't tell anybody this. And so I now, you know, I call upon God's angels to just send not only one angel, but a warring host of angels about around my children, around my marriage, around my businesses, you know, 
So anyway, those are some really, there's some cool, there's some cool stories. The angels are there to worship God, but they're also his messengers. We see yes. many, many stories. And protectors, yes. And protectors. Many, many stories in the Bible of how angels have showed up to deliver a message yes. or to protect yes. or to yes. warn, to guide, you name it. But they all serve the creator, the one that made them. Yes. And yes. I, I think angels are really, really special and unique creatures. But the amazing thing is we are in a spiritual warfare, so angels versus demons at the same time. And exactly. it's, it's also interesting how some people can see both angels and demons. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered yes. what goes on in their mind. Like they've been able to have special access because not everyone can see yeah. that kind of thing. But then we God look is. at situations in our lives whereby they're unexplainable to some degree. Mm-hmm. And then you just got to say, look, that was a miraculous event that transpired. And I'm right. only still alive because it's, Either God, now it's God, or it's his angels protecting me, no doubt about it. There, Have you read the book by Frank Peretti called This Present Darkness? I haven't, no. Oh my gosh, it is an incredible book. And I read it about 30 plus years ago. And it changed my life of how to pray. And it is, it's, it's about a small town. It's, you know, not a true story, but it's about a small town. But it's also... Every other chapter is the spiritual warfare because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but about the spirits and the principalities. So it really gives you that visual of the angels and the demons, you know, and and how we can pray a warring force of angels around us to protect and to guide and to, you know, minister to us. So anyway, it's a great read, great read. I'll add it to my ever-growing list. Add it to your book. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I do tend to read quite a bit. So I've got books yeah. over to the side, <laughs> books here, books over there, yeah. books everywhere. Uh, so I've also been fascinated by either different painters over the years, like Michelangelo, for oh, example, yes. Yes. doing certain illustrations about what they believe angels to look like. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the Bible and, and having some kind of descriptions about what angels tend to look like. And then you've got your depiction of what angels look like. Was that something like, how did you, did that just come to you one day? It was, was, uh, um, yes, it just came to me. And again, if you can go back and see my very first angel, because, and this was such a really cool God moment, Matt Redman, who is a Christian artist, um, 10 years ago, called me and said, I want to change my album cover. And here's the painting I want to put on there. And it was my very first angel that I ever painted. Um, so your grace finds me. That is my first angel. And they have they have evolved over the course of these years. But like I said, I that day when I painted it, it was my headphones. It was my worship music. And I just had this vision in my head that you know, kind of flowed out onto the canvas. And they have, um, I, again, I haven't seen one, but I feel like when I clear my mind of all the, you know, noise of the world and I let the Lord work through me, whether it's the palette color, you know, the colors on my palette or the composition or whether the angel is, you know, there's a lamb and the, you know, the painting coming out of the thicket, whatever that 
you know, I really allow the Holy Spirit to work through me. Um, but yeah, there are, you know, different depictions of angels. And this is just kind of, you know, what I see in my mind's eye, in my heart, and my spirit. I was also reading another book called um, Heaven is for Real. Yes. Have you read that book? One. Yes. Yep. So I was reading that and the little boy describing the angels. I'm like, oh my gosh, those are kind of like what, you know, are depicted in my paintings. Mm. And um, and I was, I'll never forget reading that book and sitting and we were on a trip somewhere and I just tears kind of started streaming down. And so um, right now that's kind of, and they have, you know, they, mine is more about just the, the etherealness of the painting through color, through the depth, through the, you know, the textures and popping in something that, you know, I always like to maybe put a little heart in my paintings that maybe you have to go on a little treasure hunt to find that heart. Um, so there are little things that I like to, you know, do that. And there's sometimes I'm painting these and I'm lost in translation and I, finish and I'm like wow did I really just paint that because wow that doesn't seem like what I just painted but anyway they're they're little treasures sort of like letting God taking your hand and yeah sort of drawing yeah it for you yeah many ways yes. yeah yes. I've, I've had those moments whereby I've been doing something and then all of a sudden I get to the end I'm like how in the world did I do that how did you do that <laughs> and I've had many moments like that very very big question mark you can't explain it other than it's probably god just looking after you there on the front cover of your book this painting Mm -hmm. what's the story behind that why did you choose this one um that's a good question i think because um the publisher needed a big painting and that's all i had right now right then (laughs) Um, we have fun with that, but, um, it's holding and and there's a lot of significance. Like, you know, I love painting the little lambs and whether they're three to represent God, the father, God, the son, the God, the Holy spirit, or whether, you know, um, the angels are holding the lambs or, um, but yeah, that was, that was a painting almost in complete, um, completion. Um, you'll notice that in the book, there's, yeah, this was one that was, that's the way they all start out, um, Mm -hmm. sketches. Um, and then there was another one kind of behind it that was completed and framed. So that's kind of, you know, now that you've even, it's kind of the process, um, the one that sketches, the one that's almost complete, and then the completion of the painting, um, all three on this, the cover of the book, never even thought of it that way, but there you go. It's got some, meaning behind it so i love looking at the covers of of books primarily yeah. especially when it comes to memoirs because there's always some kind of story behind why they yeah chose that. like if i look at my one there's reasons why i chose this in the first one yeah then, so like i can't wait to the, read your book with the title as well so I'm, I'm just fascinated by why people and i know sometimes the author doesn't really have well, I don't think I don't think I had any say in this, but now that you're really pulling this, I mean, you're pulling some deep stuff here because <laughs> you've got like the 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 beginning sketches of life, and then yep. you've got kind of the you know the almost completed, and then you've got the completed you know um, painting 
masterpiece. And so that's really interesting. I never, and all three are on there. You've got the beginning, the middle and the end. And so, wow, I didn't think about that. It fits with the title, the brushstrokes of life in many ways. So I'm I'm just, yeah, I'm just one of those people that is a deep thinker like that. I tend to ask yeah, I love questions that. Questions that many may not really be thinking about when they pick up a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that kind of thing. But it, it's interesting how we go through life at different stages and we either uh, we can either see certain patterns in our life, like we've, we've been the start of life, we want to be mm-hmm. something, the middle of, of, of our life, it may not end up being exactly what we thought it would be when we were younger. And then yes. when we get to the later stages of life and we look back and we think, oh, wow, how in the world did I get here? Yeah. It's like you yeah. look at all those those strokes, as it were, in your life and you see, well, there was a miraculous pattern yeah. happening that you may not have seen in the moment, but right. in hindsight, you always see it. Is that something that I you've been that. able to reflect on? Well, I, you know, I'm a very messy painter. If you could go look at my little place over there um, and I paint with oils and um but if you look at my palette I mean it's a mess and I love to you know kind of relate that to my life and God can take our messes messes and create a masterpiece and um and you know I love when you were talking about the strokes of life I mean if you look at it sometimes it, it looks like a mess and, and and there's that analogy of um, when you're needle pointing or when you're the tapestry and, and the back, it looks all knotted and not in order and chaotic and stuff. But then when you turn it over, it's this beautiful picture. And um, so I love that about painting and about, um, you know, this book, The Brushstrokes of Life, because you are going to read in here, there's some messy parts and there's some, you know, um, wandering and keeping God at a distance in my life. And, um, but there is his purpose and there's his beauty that emerges from all that. He takes, you know, our ashes and creates beauty out of ashes. And um, so, yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful picture that I, you know, hold dear, near, near and dear to my heart. Um, you, you also look pain. at it as like, you know, when you are painting, how many times do you actually go straight down with a brush stroke? Yeah. It's usually yeah. in life. It's all, all over. All, all over it's the all place. Over. The messy parts of life is what makes life exciting, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's uh it's very interesting how when we are in the moment or the muck or the or the mess, yes. so to speak, we don't want to be there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. It's it's hard and it's painful. But then once again in hindsight and we look at okay, well, this we look back. This is good for me. You know, yeah. what have been some I guess, painful moments in, in your life that you've looked back on now and think, oh, that was actually really good for me. Gosh. Um, well, I would, I would start, I mean, you're going to learn, you know, I grew up from a, in a, um, my parents divorced when I was five. So kind of a rocky, I didn't have, you know, the stability of, you know, a mom and dad and, and looking back that, you know, now, I'm not sure this is the best word because control is my middle name. And a lot of times God is trying to make me open my hands and let go of control. But I really think that through that journey and and being that little girl who wanted to be an artist and having parents that said, no, you know, you will be a starving artist or no, my 
art teacher gave me a D minus no. I mean, there were a lot of no's in my life, but I kept pressing, you know, on. And I don't know that I, you know, I, I just tried harder or I, you know, controlled life a little bit stronger. Um, not that that's good because I do think I learned, um, even in my twenties, um, there's a, a, part in the book where I really was wandering in the desert. Um, I knew that I wanted to be married um, and have a family. I mean, that's just what I wanted from a little girl on to be an artist, to be a wife, to be a mother. And um, my 20s, I wandered. I, you know, was not connected to God, did things kind of my way. I was in control of my life. I was in control of, you know, finding that spouse and it didn't go so well for me. And it wasn't until um, it was an, it was 30 years ago in April that I surrendered everything to the Lord, everything. And um, two months later, he brought me my husband. Two months after that, we were married. It's a great story in there. But um, and there's so many. It's just like a roller coaster. There's high highs and there are low lows. But God does meet us in those valley places if we can just, um, you know, don't don't let go of that rope. Don't let go of his hand. And um, I love to give this analogy um, because I did give my life to Christ when I was a little girl. I had a powerful experience with him and I knew that God was real, um, but went through all those rocky moments of my life. And um, in my 20s, I like to, if you had a rope and you're on one end and God is on another, but when we sin and when we disobey, that rope is cut. But God's, you know, incredible love for us, His mercy, His grace, He ties that rope back. And so you're a little bit closer. And then I go about my business, I'm sinning, I'm, you know, doing things my way and I'm disobeying. So that rope is cut again. And then he ties that rope back and you're a little bit closer. It took me till I was 30 to get that, you know, right smack. That rope is not going to get cut anymore. Not that I still sin. I mean, but little things like worry or, but you get the, you get the, you know, the idea. But anyway, so I just really think that um, don't, we, we just can't let go of his hand and we can't let go of that rope. Um, knowing that he has a purpose and a plan for our life, even in the messy parts. It always reminds me of that verse in the Bible, we are all like sheep that have gone astray. And then yes, the analogy yes. is because I know that you like uh, yeah. painting sheep as well. Yes, um, yes. Or lambs. Yes. But it's all that Christ is the shepherd and he's the best mm -hmm. shepherd. So when one of us sheep because we can be really dumb. Yes. Sometimes. Yes, we can be dumb. <laughs> and we think we know best. Stubborn. Yeah. This is this is our way or the highway. Yeah. So we leave the comfort and the safety of our creator or the one that's watching over us. But the, the interesting thing in all of it is he hasn't he never loses his sight yeah. over us. We just yeah. lose sight of him. Exactly. So we go astray, but then the shepherd, Christ, always comes after the one that is lost. Yeah. Yeah, brings us back into the fold eventually, but it usually comes through a lot of pain. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that's yes, a lot of wandering. Yes, yeah. yes. All the wandering begins and yes. continues, and then even the the bringing back it can be painful too. 
Yeah. Because it's like he's 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 there with us, he's alongside of us in that moment, but it is still we can be resisting. Yeah. Until we finally surrender and say, Look, Lord, that's it. That yeah. I give it and back. And that home. was that was, you know, I was 30 years old. It was 1993, April. And the surrendering, and that is it was a powerful moment for me to truly get down on my hands and knees and surrender, surrender it all. And, um, and that peace that passes all understanding just flood, you know, just flooded my heart, my, my entire being. Um, and, and I, I have that, that moment in my life, um, of that truly surrendering. And even over the course of these, you know, my husband and I've been married 30 years, this career has been about, you know, it was a hobby for the first 10 years. And then when the um, book came out 10 years ago, that's when it really kind of blew up. But mm. I tell my entire team, when we have surrendered hands, I mean, God did give me a paintbrush um, in my hand. And, you know, I have to hold on to that paintbrush to paint, but I have to always open my hands and surrender it back to him. And so when we have surrendered hands and a surrendered heart, you know, we can just trust him. He will do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so that's been kind of this, you know, beautiful journey over the past 10 years of painting and publishing books and creating products. And, um, and now a memoir that takes you through all those, all that entire journey. Um, all the amazing and wonderful things in a memoir, very vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just makes me more interested when I think about life as a whole and why we're here and yeah. life's purpose. And life is really a gift. It's a wonderful yes. gift. It is a, it's a miraculous thing. Yes, and it is. It's like every day is a gift. Every single day we wake up is a precious gift from God, mm -hmm. knowing mm -hmm. that we have the ability to, our time is not up yet. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like it is important for us to be reminded of that fact every single day so we don't waste yeah. the yes. precious time that we yes. have. I mean, yes. you you just look at certain events that have transpired even over the last couple of days, tragic yes. events. Yes. Like people don't wake up mm. one day thinking that, they're never going to come home or then yeah. that's their last day. It's like we, yeah, and that's, yeah, it's, mm, it's it, been very tragic. It's been extremely heartbreaking for a lot of people all over the mm -hmm. world, but mm -hmm. it's just like you, it just makes, it makes me re remind myself that life is incredibly precious. It's like yes. the Bible talks about, it's like a vapor it appears for a moment and then, vanishes away yeah it's like you've got to hold on to that beauty and that precious moment Precious, as long as yeah. you can yeah and not especially the people that are in your close proximity because you never know you never know so you never know and i just i love um my friend um kathy says if we have a pulse we have a purpose mm. and you know i i love that because and it, it can be as simple as a kind word 
to someone because there is a lot of brokenness in our world. And, and for me, it's just, you know, being able to, um, yes, we wake up every day. Um, we invite God into our day and, you know, we just are grateful, um, for, for this day and we will rejoice and, be a light in this world. That's why I have a gallery. We call ourselves, we want to be a lighthouse in our world, shining light through art um, on organizations and our you know community and even beyond our doors. And um, it's just, life is precious, um, but there are a lot of hurting people out there. And how can we be that conduit of love and mercy and forgiveness and um, and show the light of Christ in and through mm-hmm. each and every single one of us. So, yeah, it's it's been, we've had a lot of, um, like, just two degrees of separation from this incident that's happened this week. And it's really hit home. And um, I have no words, but, you know, we, I, I paint angels and pray that they bring comfort to those who have lost loved ones. Yeah, it really, when I saw the news, it mm-hmm. just broke my heart. I know I, I don't have any kids, um, but even still, like yeah, the the lack of humanity that I even mm-hmm. saw from the media and from people, yeah, reminded me that yes, we do live in a very broken world. Yes, yeah, and even trying to be the light in a broken world is incredibly difficult because yeah. you're going to be met with a ton of resistance. Yeah, like how do you? How do you try and shine bright in a in a dark space? You don't give up. You don't give up. You like keep. Resistance. Yeah. Every day, if you got a pulse, you got a purpose. What is that purpose? You know. Um. Yeah. No, you don't give up. And I got to tell this really because it's so important. My friend that just got back from Australia and New Zealand, and she came back here, and she's like, "Oh my gosh." The people are so kind. I mean, it's just, I mean, and she just went on and on. And I'll have to share. I was at the grocery store. This was a couple of years ago. This was during COVID. Um, I was checking out. There was a lady and her three-year-old son that only had two items in their cart. And she asked me, excuse me, ma'am, but could you help me? And I'm like, that's all you need? No, let's go shopping. Let's go shopping. And so we went shopping and um, I, you know, filled her card up with everything you could possibly imagine. What you know, asked the little three-year-old son, "What's your favorite, you know, food?" And and I put them before me, checking out. I paid for all their groceries, and off they went. And the cashier looked at me and said, "Are you kidding me? You just paid for their food? No, you can't do that." Called the manager over there. The manager, Justin, showed up and he said, ma'am, you can't do that. And I said, well, let me tell you something. If the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, you have to obey. And he, I don't think he had any words for that. So he left and the cashier, you know, started checking me out. And she was not really happy that I had just paid for those, you know, those groceries. And then it came time for me to pay. And she said, do you want to round up? And I looked at her and I saw her name tag and I called her name and I said, okay, what do you think? Of course I want to round up. And our eyes connected and she just burst out and laughing. And I said, that's what this world needs more of, laughter. 
genuine joy. And so I don't know what she was going through. And, you know, and I said, I don't know their story, but I am trusting the Lord. When he says pay for their groceries, I'm going to pay for their groceries. But when she just asked me to round up and then when I said, what do you think? And, you know, so anyway, I gave her a big hug and, you know, but that's what our world needs more of. Not don't do this, but ministering to people, more joy, more mercy, more grace, more smiles, because we have no idea what that person on the other side is going through. Can't believe that they said you're not allowed to do that. That is Yeah, it was it was and I looked at that managers and I said, Oh yes, I am. I mean, if you're that is crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So I mean you're being a blessing to someone else that yeah. is in actual need. There's no rule yeah. or law against doing that. It, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good on Our world needs more of that. Our world needs more of just, you know. Yeah. Don't cut people off in traffic. Don't, you know, pay for other people's groceries. Pay for the pay for the person behind you in the fast food line. I mean, that is that was when my kids were little, I would love to pay for the person behind me and just say, you know, tell them to have a great day. So anyway, we need more. Shock. Yes, we need more at, random acts of kindness in our world. These days it's so unexpected for a random act yes. of kindness, which I think, no, 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 it should be the opposite. We should be, exactly. it, it should be expected that more people yes. are kind to one yes. another. Yes. Instead, we've yeah. got a lot of vitriol and hate towards our brothers yeah. and sisters. And it's like, well, why? What good yeah. does that do? I know there's a yes. lot of things that are hard to understand, so to speak, yeah. but I mean, at least try and understand, at least try and find a middle ground instead of just going all out, going to the Exactly. Exactly. I I see lots of videos uh, online of of people that, you know, they will do something like they'll stand on on the corner with a sign um, saying something and then asking a person, for a dollar or five dollars, yeah. everyone just walks past. There's right. a video that I saw recently of someone, he was just asking for them to tie his shoelace. It's oh, an wow. interesting uh, lesson in human behavior, actually. A lot wow. of people, and this is in Sydney, so a lot of people were too busy to even stop and help him out because he had his arm in a sling. Yeah. Everyone just kept walking past. And then he walked up to a homeless person, and the homeless person, tied up his shoes because everyone was in their own little world. They were too busy to even stop for just just a five seconds. And someone, he even stopped someone and asked them and he goes, oh, sorry, mate, I'm I'm too busy. I've got to go. And it just amazes me. That amazes me that, yeah, no. And and, and those videos, I know, I'm not sure how much of it is actually staged or how much of it is actually real. Right. Because then again, they, they go. It'd be interesting to go test that out in the world. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Yeah. I'm like, I've always yeah. been fascinated by that, yeah. whether or not I'll have the courage to actually do something. <laughs> uh, but it also reminds me of another story that I was uh, living in Sydney and I was at the, the grocery store checking out and I thought I had paid. I thought everything had gone through. I get home, I check my account and I notice that there was no money 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had these items. So, you know, I was raised in a Christian home and told to do the decent thing. If you the right thing. pay yeah. for something, then you go back. So here I go. I go back down to the shop and I walk up to the, the counter. I say, look, I, unfortunately, the money hasn't come out of my account. I bought these items. Uh, I need to pay for them, please. And the the manager looked visibly shocked. She's like, <laughs> "Wow, nobody ever comes back." Wow, and, wow. And hands like they just leave. Yeah. yeah. Wow. First and foremost, you guys see me all the time. You know who yeah. I am, and I want to have a good testimony. And there was yeah. a lady that was listening next to me, and she walks right up to me, and I thought she was going to say something nasty, but she goes, "Young man." Yeah. I'm old and wow. honestly, we need more young men like you that will do the decent and right thing. Amen. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> well, when I right walked thing. out of that store that day after, you know, I was chastised the bag boy, when I left, he said, ma'am, that was such an honorable thing that you did. And so people see, people see mm. our actions. And um, I'll never forget this story. I mean, it's it's the little things that we do. Um, and gosh, it was probably 30 years ago, I was in a Bible study. And my leader was saying, even the little things like returning the grocery cart back to where it goes. Oh, yeah. Those people <laughs> are witnessing. Don't leave it on the curb. Don't leave it parked next to a car take the time to walk it back. And that has always stuck in my head for all these years. And so it's the little things that we can do on a daily basis that will add up to the larger things in life that, um, wow, great, they compound. great stories. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. do. And guess what happened to me? I ended up getting those items for free. Oh, wow. See, that's God going before you. And yes. Like, how about that? A nice, nice yeah. blessing. I walked out yes. of there feeling even, even lighter. Yeah. I love <laughs> so, that. I love that. Oh, and wow. I know that your time is incredibly valuable and I know our time is almost up. I think I've gone over time. So I apologize. For oh, that. no, that's fine. My, we are good. I could final, stay here all day. I, this me, is such a too. fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying yes. this conversation. My final yes. two questions for you is I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the story of how you met Kathy Lee Gifford. Can you please share that one? That was a great story. So my book, um, Angels in Our Midst, which was pub I self-published it 10 years ago. So, you know, I'm I am I wish I I made a D minus in 10th grade art. I flunked out of college, but I probably could have, you know, been a professor for marketing because I love to market stuff. Um, I love marketing. So um, everybody said, why did you send a, you know, a book to Kathy Lee? And I said, well, I, I loved her heart when I was painting pottery. I always watched the Kathy Lee and Regis show. And plus marketing one-on-one, she's on the Today Show. And I have a book that I need to get you know, out there in the world. So I packed up the book. I sent it to her. About a week later, I get an email at 9.50 a.m. Now, I can remember these dates because I remember when Oprah called me at 8.20 p.m. And Kathy, you know, emailed me at 9.50 a.m. And her email was, I am going to be late to start my show first time ever. I cannot put this book down. It is so anointed by the Holy Spirit. We have got to meet this side of heaven. How, when, where? And I'm starstruck. Yes, I will admit it. 
Um, and I'm like, I emailed her back and I said, I'm coming to New York tomorrow, which I really was with my three daughters. And she emails me back and said, I can't tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to California. So I'm like a little bummed. This was in January, 10 years ago. So fast forward, I'm doing this show in Essex, Connecticut, an art show and a book signing. And um, I kind of toyed with the idea, should I do it? Because I was really busy. I was painting and I was shipping out books and I was painting and I was shipping out books and my life was full. But Kathy said she was going to come to the show. She lived about an hour and a half from where this little show was, this gallery. So I'm like, okay, I'm going. So I packed up a body of work, shipped it on, got my husband, my two middle girls, and um, off we go to Essex, Connecticut. Never been to Connecticut before. It was March 1st weekend. We arrived. There's snow everywhere. It's dreary. It's rainy. The town is buttoned up. It was a really cute town, but it was all buttoned up. And my kids started to complain, you know, that I have drugged them to this, you know, there is nothing to do. And, you know, in the midst of their complaining, Kathy Lee emails me and says, she is not going to be able to come. So I kind of was a little deflated and I'm like, but I turned around in the car and I said, girls, we are not going to complain, but we're going to pray right now, whether one person shows up to the show or nobody, we are going to be a blessing and we're going to be blessed. So that was that. So we go to the show and about 30 minutes into the show, my husband and I are wandering and the manager comes up and says, Kathy Lee's up front. Now, I know Kathy Lee. She's one of my dearest, best sisters in Christ friend. Now, I don't think Kathy would just drive an hour, actually three hours. It was an hour and a half there in the rain and an hour and a half back. I know she wouldn't do that for just anyone. Um, but she showed up and she said, I bet you're wondering why I'm here. She said, the Lord woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning and said, I need you to come and encourage you. And, um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. She gave me a hug. I signed all my 20 books to all these different people. I was really starstruck. She had a story for each person I was signing the book for and, um, gave me her cell phone. And she said, I'm going to hold your book up on Monday. Are you ready? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yes. And, um, and that Monday she held the book up. Oh, and let me back up. There weren't a whole lot of people at the show. It was a, you know, not a very well attended show. And, um, but she prayed for me in the middle of the, the gallery. Um, and that was that. I did call my girls because they did not come to the show because they did not want to come to the show. And I called them and I said, get lipstick on now. Kathy Lee's here and we're getting a picture. Um, so anyway, that Monday, Kathy held the book up on the Today Show and um, ever since then, you know, it's it's just been this incredible journey, friendship, and um, and from that, so this was a hobby that you know, a passion for me to paint. And from her holding that book up on the Today Show, and there were other you know stories from people calling me, but a lady had a phone called me and said, um, "I've got to share this story. My four-year-old granddaughter passed away two years ago." And I have not been able to grieve. I got your book from the Today Show. I read it cover to cover. And it's like the floodgates of heaven have opened up and the healing process has begun. And that moment, I knew it kind of shifted to be in a ministry. And so that's kind of, you know, was the launch of all things product wise. It's all because of 
Kathy Lee and God the Father. Wow. So it's been it's been quite a journey. That so, is a pretty cool story. I have to admit. It's a great story. Yeah. And then you guys have been best friends ever since. Well, that Friday, so she held it up on, you know, on the Today Show on a Monday. That Friday, I'll never forget this. I was at the bank and I get this call and it's Kathy and she says, hey, sweetie, you know, how's your week been? I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been so busy. My website crashed and we've shipped out hundreds of orders of books. And um, anyway, we I, I was at the bank and I pulled into a parking lot and we just sat there and we shared and we laughed and we cried. And from that, you know, it was just an organic um, friendship that formed. And we really have walked through a lot of life together. And um, I got to meet Frank Gifford, you know, I was at her 60th birthday party and met Frank. And um, he was such an incredible, sweet man. And um, then we've traveled to Israel together and, um she she is really the reason why we have a product line because um about a year later i designed her christmas card and she was telling a story and anyway she holds up my christmas card on the show and people start calling do y'all do cards we're like we do now and so um yeah we she's a dear friend and just a supporter of everything i do she'll fuss at me when I'm not painting because she says that is what God has called you to do. So you need to get in that studio and paint. Um, <laughs> quit being busy. Quit being so busy. But I do want to, uh, I like, I, you know, everybody says, oh my gosh, you're so busy. You're so busy. You're so busy. I mean, we all live these busy lives. And years ago, I coined this acronym to be uniquely serving Yahweh by using what is specifically yours. So um, every each and every single one of us has been giving a gift of something. And don't glorify that word busy, but use it for his kingdom and for his glory. A powerful so, message and a powerful story. Yeah. For, for so, to go away with. It's called, your new book is called The Brushstrokes of Life. It is coming out on April 18th. Yes. It's a few weeks away now, yes. it's pretty exciting. The, the Brushstrokes of Life, Discovering How God Brings Beauty and Purpose to Your Story by Ann Nielsen. And the foreword is by Kathy Lee Gifford, who yes. we just heard about. And this has been such a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, thank you so much thank for you. writing this book, even though I haven't actually read it. I can actually get a oh, feel. yeah. To yeah. some of the things that you've been through, I think in some some ways, even though you're yeah. much seasoned in life, I I feel like there's a lot of similarities and yeah. a lot of um, kindred spirits in a way. Yes, yes, the many things. But thank you so much for your time mm. today. Where do you want people to get a copy of your book? Um, I think people can go Amazon or any any store where the books are sold. And then, um, you know, we've got our product line at annielsenhome.com. And then if they are looking for art, it's not my, I mean, I do have my art, my studio, but um, our gallery has, we represent 60 artists all over this world. We need to find someone from Australia, but um that is, you know, we use our art to give back to um, those who are less fortunate. And that is Ann Nielsen Fine Arts. So, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. And, Jay, I'm just so thankful for, you know, 
thank you for allowing me to share and be on your show. It's exciting. You're more than welcome. And I wish I had an Coming to see you. In my body. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be surprised. I think everybody does. But I, mean, I used to draw back in the day, but I there don't you know go. Where, where it's gone today. <laughs> well, that's that, that's that quote from Picasso. Every child is an artist, except when they grow up, they forget. <laughs> so. If they don't stick with it, which I didn't, unfortunately. Yeah. It's like yeah. with anything, they, they lose the ability to to create the things yeah. they used to create. But, you know, and thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, thank your advice, you. your stories, and for joining me today on the Storybox podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Book.